You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. Welcome to the final day of Make It Rain. I almost said the revamp. That's next. (laughs) We've been talking a lot about money and sales and seeing yourself as a rainmaker. And today I want to talk specifically about wealth consciousness. And the reason that I did this at the end is because I think it's kind of like the glue that puts everything together. When we have wealth consciousness, sales become a lot easier. Spreading the word about our programs and our offers and our coaching and things feels better. And one of the things that I love, I learned this from one of my mentors, Melanie Lair. She says, money is about people and their power. And so one of the quotes that I want you to kind of rattle around your brain is having a wealth consciousness is not about valuing money. It's about using money and loving people. And what I love about that is for me, I'm like, that's so easy to do right? That's why I became a coach. That's why I love business because I'm in the people business. And sometimes we get these things switched where it's like, if I want to grow my money, I have to make money more important. And it's like, no, like actually wealth consciousness is really seeing money as a tool that's always readily available for you. And you don't have to use people to get money. In fact, the opposite is true, right? The more you love people, the more you empower people and see money as just a medium of exchange, the easier it is to make, the easier it is to ask for it. Throughout this program, hopefully you've been kind of paying attention to some of the questions that I've been asking, I've been asking you to make bold requests of people and seeing people as the stewards of the money that's going to come into your bank account, that it is an exchange that when they pay you, you give them more value back. And I think when we think about it this way, it really is just about service and invitations. And I think we get weird when we get them out of order, when we start valuing money over the relationships. And that's when things don't feel good. That's when sales feel difficult. It's when we're afraid to ask for the money or we're afraid to put ourselves out there on social media and make offers on our email list. And I think when we see this truth that this is about loving people and utilizing money, everything changes. I think this is also about learning to trust money and the flow of money, right? It's not just, you know, money's for other people or like in theory, right? Like money is available and abundant. For me, it is. Well, consciousness is about you embodying it in your own life. And so I have some thoughts that I'm going to share today, but I want you to consider that this program isn't over just because March is over. I really feel like making it rain is a way of life for an entrepreneur because the only way that you get paid is if you're adding value to people. And so the way that I think money should be used for entrepreneurs is almost like a measuring stick of how much impact and how much service you're offering the world. And when we think about it way, it really isn't selfish or messed up or self-centered to be putting your offers out there, especially if you've done the work to really believe in them and have a good heart, which I know all of you guys do. This isn't about like trying to take something away. This really is about trying to create opportunities for other people to live better lives, to have better relationships, to have better relationships with themselves, to create possibilities that weren't there. That's what money is able to do. Not because money has power, but because people do. And when we use money for these things, the world gets better. In fact, I have this story. I went to the Taylor Swift concert and I was driving home from Vegas to where I live in Lehigh, Utah. And we drove to this really small town called Fillmore, Utah. Very small town. And I walk in to get Costa Vida with my mom and my sister, and the whole place is booked out. Like, there's a huge line, tons of people, all wearing Taylor Swift gear. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at the impact. Like, we're not even anywhere close. The concert was in Vegas. We're in this small town in Utah, closer to where I live, hours away. And this business is booming, making more money. I love that tiny town. (laughs) I love it, Sarah. The business was booming. And I was like, this is well consciousness. As she gets richer and has more impact and lives out her dream, the ripple effect of her 
is hitting places that she probably will never, she'll never find out about somewhere, Utah. And I was like, this is wealth consciousness. And so one of the thoughts that I really believe is the wealthier I get, the wealthier people around me get. To me, this is what money is meant to be. It's not about a zero-sum game. It's not about a pie that is limited. And that if I get a bigger piece of the pie, you get less. That is not wealth consciousness. Wealth consciousness is about really seeing the more wealthy I get, the bigger the pie gets. Money is a construct that we all agree on. It's not real. Back in the day, you used to be able to take a dollar bill and like trade it in for like literally like a piece of gold. That went away. There really was like a pie. We don't live in that world anymore. And so I think one of the things that might be a subconscious belief is like, if I get more, someone else has less. And I want you to think if I get more, other people get more. And you can start to see evidence of that. When I started to do this work, I really saw like I could take care of my sisters. I could truly help someone in need with money. And I can't do that if I need something. So this is about you really tapping into the overflow of having, of being available for money to come in and trusting the flow of when it comes out. Money comes in, money flows out, and I'm good with that. I trust it. It's not going to be gone forever. It's not if I give my piece of a pie away, it's gone forever. It's when I grow my pie of money and give it away, my pie gets bigger. Because the other thing that I like to think about, it's not just money in the bank. It's how I feel and what I think about where the richness of my life improves. I think that it's not just about making money in business. And I think all of you would agree. It's the fulfillment you get from like a client DMing you their latest transformation or breakthrough or result. It's about coming out of your home and being like, this is such a miracle that I get to do this. That's wealth consciousness too. It's being so grateful that this world even exists. My grandma always says like, you're so lucky, honey, that this is available to you. I'm like, I know, grandma. I know it's a blessing. It's being tapped into that. And so when I think of wealth consciousness, it's not just get as rich as you can. It really is experiencing a rich life of being grateful for all the things that make this happen. That being said, I do want you to make more money and I do want you to expand your influence and expand who gets to be impacted by you. And that doesn't mean a scalable business. Maybe for some of you, it does. It doesn't mean even that your business has to be different than it is. Your consciousness can change about your business. This is where I really love to think about there is no there. It's not better there. It's better here. And that's when we change our consciousness about what's happening now. I really think that you can change your consciousness about your business as it is. And then the results will change naturally because you start tuning into what you can be grateful for now. All the impact that you already have, all the things that you want, there are seeds of it in this moment. Yes, they're going to grow bigger over time if you nurture it and take care of it and grow it. But there are great things now. And we don't want to miss it because that's the scarcity that people talk a lot about. Man-made, right? We create the scarcity because it's just, I like to think of it almost like there's two different ways of thinking. There's more than two, but just for the case of the example, and I have the flashlight of my consciousness and I get to choose what I shine a light on at any given time. I get to choose if I shine a light on there's never enough, clients aren't coming, or if I shine a light on money's always available for me and clients are always coming. Sometimes when we think we're talking about what is true, what we don't realize is that we are reflecting a belief that we hold. I remember when I was really doing this work, trying to get fully booked for the first time. And I was just like, there's just not enough clients. It didn't feel good when I said that. And I was like, what could be more true? Happened to be sitting Byron Katie. <laughs> I was like, what could be more true than clients aren't coming or there's not enough? Like I dried up my well or something. I was like, there's always clients that are available. And even just shining my light on that thought made me feel better, made me get creative. And I instantly had ideas for how I could actually create clients. 
And so sometimes when we're speaking, we have to mind ourselves because it's like, is this what I want to be true? Am I reflecting a belief? Because we're not reflecting what we see. What we see is reflecting us. And that's wealth consciousness. So when we see that, we can start to be like, I can be prosperous without anything changing in my life. In fact, that was the foundation that I built my business in. And I think when you can get to that point, one, it's not about you. It's about service, right? It's not about trying to make money, trying to get clients, trying to grow. It really is like I have so much to offer the world because I'm so full. My life is so fulfilling. I have so many great things where we're tuned into the miracle, to the gratitude. To me, that's prosperity, right? When I imagine people who are prosperous, like they're grateful. They're living a great life. They're not looking at what's awful or missing. And so that can happen now. You don't have to wait for external circumstances. And this is like the foundation of what we teach as coaches, right? That you can change your thoughts and then your thoughts shift into your results over time. But the thoughts go first. And we do that with our business all the time. And so this seems weird. In fact, one of the things that I've noticed is that it feels almost delusional. And we talked a little bit about that. But that's how we speak things into existence instead of just keep recreating the same thing over and over and over again. And so one of the ways that I like to do this is to really speak things that I already love. And it's just easy for me to love. I love my clients. I love my schedule. I love that I get to work at home. Those things are so easy. Do I have more that I want to create? Sure. But I'm not tuned into that. I'm not shining my light on that. I'm shining my light on what's great. And that's part of wealth consciousness. I think that the next step would be to start speaking things into existence that you want to experience that aren't in your physical reality yet, but that you want to create. And so one of the things that you might have like a little list, if I already had blank, what would I say about this? I'm going to give you an example. Let's see. What year was this? I don't remember what year. But I was starting to study. There's a great book by Denise Duffield Thomas called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. It's all about money. It's a funny title, but it was really good. And she talked about this thought, like always more where that came from. And I was like, I really want that to be true. Like when she would spend something, she just rehearsed that thought. Like there's always more where that came from. And I remember I tried it at the grocery store, like things are moving in my business, but I remember like, I want that thought like to be true. And so I just like swiped my credit card for groceries. And I was like, there's always more where that came from. And I felt like so expansive, but also like, I'm sure you've had those thoughts, one foot and like, this is believable and one foot and like, BS, <laughs> like that's not true. And I think that that's where we know we're on the edge, right? And I think as we expand, we want to be in that edge where it's like, I'm not believing what I used to believe. I'm believing in what's next because that feels good. Tony Robbins, I love how he talks about happiness is just progress. And I think that that's when we talk about like elevating our consciousness or wealth consciousness. That's what I see. It's a constant expansion, not because we're greedy, not because we want more for the sake of having more. It's because as you become more, you grow your impact, you grow your fulfillment, like the better it gets, the better it gets. And that's really cool. So when you tap into this future you, or if you already had the amount of clients and the amount of money that you're working towards, would you complain about what you complain about? Would you look at your Instagram and feel resentment? Or would you feel love and gratitude? When you go to fill your car up with gas, would you be like, there's always more where that came from? No big deal. I think that that's the secret. If you are creating your internal experience, some people won't understand how you think because it's so different. I really love Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, and he talks about this power that we have that no matter what anyone does to us, no one can tell us what to think, right? We get to choose our response. And to me, this is well consciousness is almost creating this like bubble of belief that it's like, I'm prosperous no matter what's going on. I know how to create money. And that's like the identity of the rainmaker that I really want to leave you with. No matter what's going on externally, I can believe what I want to believe. Whether it's crazy to you, whether it doesn't make sense, or whether I seem delusional, I know what I'm creating and the first form of creation is my thoughts and what I have going on inside.
And so to me, that's what I'm always working on. And I don't journal. I think we talked about this. Like I don't journal in like what's going on, not a diary. It's like what I'm creating, what I'm calling in. And the first form of creation for me is like writing it down. The next thing I want to talk about was combining this with sales. So I just saw this chat. The edge is uncomfortable and exciting. I feel like I've been there all month. Yeah, so good. It's like that one foot in, one foot out, right? It's good. It means you're growing. So one of the things that I kind of want to bridge for you is speaking sales into existence, because one of the thoughts that I used to have a lot is like people can't afford that. And one time my coach asked me, people who? I was like, you know, people can't afford that. And she's like, why are you imagining people who can't afford it? And I realized it was like my imagination that like who I was anticipating paying had money thoughts about what I was doing. And I know a lot of you guys have experienced this in different levels. And some of you have already done a lot of work around this. And some of you are currently doing work around this. And I think that shift of like, who am I imagining? Who am I speaking is wealth consciousness. And so what I want you to really anchor in and really start to see is that people pay for what they want. People can create money. This is about people in their power, like I said earlier. And when you believe in people, they can do amazing things to get what they want. I was looking at statistics, just kind of thinking about all this stuff. And I wish I remember the exact amount, but I was thinking about the recession in like 2008, 2009. People were still paying for iPhones, going to the movies, buying cars, going on vacations. Not because I don't know their financial situation. I don't know if that was the best move for them, but here's the deal. It's evidence that people pay for what they want. Why not believe that people will pay for your stuff and want to and be excited by it and be expanded by you and be inspired by you? Right. I think where we meet our resistance is not believing in what we have as being more valuable and not believing in people in their ability to create money to pay for what they want. Because they do. They already do in their lives. People already do. Why not believe that they want to pay for you or for your services or your offers? And I think when we mesh this all together, that I'm the kind of person that money's always flowing in. And I trust that when money flows out, it always comes back. And pair that with my beliefs in my clients. One of the things that I noticed when I was a struggling coach, I had weak belief in my clients and I did not like that because I believe in people. You don't just get to start believing in people after they pay you. Your belief has to start before you even know their name, that people can do extraordinary things, that people can actually change their life, right? And help you all have different niches, like whatever you help them do, that that is very available. And the first step is to see them as powerful enough to create or to release the money so that they can experience the transformation. We have to believe this as entrepreneurs because we are salespeople. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, the moment you open your business and say, open, you're a salesperson. Why not believe that this is like the most expansive opportunity for our clients, that it's going to change their life forever? Why not believe that they can create any amount of money? So can you. Any amount of money based on what they believe. This is a level of trust, right? Not just in you delivering service and being who you say you are, but also trust in your people to get what they came for, trust in their ability to make the investment worth it for them. Obviously, we take responsibility for what we can take responsibility for, but I think that there is this level that when we grow our wealth consciousness, we see people differently. I've said this story before, but I think it's relevant. There's a great, beautiful story in the book, The Ultimate Coach, where someone, I think it was someone he knew was like, I can't afford your coaching and he charges $200,000 a year. Can you give me a discount? And he looked him in the eye and was like, I would never devalue you like that. Because what's the message, right? I can charge 200K to these powerful people, but not you. You're not powerful enough to do that. And I love the story because he ended up making the money. And he's so grateful that she saw him that way. It took him some time, but he came back when he was ready. And he's like, that was the most powerful coaching, that you saw me as that person. I see everyone is very capable. Now, whether they see themselves as that, that's different. 
I think that's our role as a coach is to help them see that this is at least available. I'm always working on my wealth consciousness. I don't think it's something that you ever stop because like the way I think about it is like you're either expanding and growing or you're like deteriorating, right? I think of like a tree and the tree is either growing every year and producing fruit that has seeds and then more trees grow, right? Like I created a post a few months ago now called the law of the harvest, right? Where there's like this divine pattern where one thing can create many things. If you think of an apple tree, how many apple trees come from one apple? You know what I mean? And then from those trees grow how many trees? And then how many apples do those trees produce? It's like, it's exponential. Why not you? Why can't your growth be exponential? Why can't the results that your clients get be exponential? It's a thought error, right? And so we have to be aware of our thoughts that like, of course my clients get richer, not just in money, but in like life experience and belief when they work with me. I'm doing that for myself. So of course, when they're in my vicinity, they're going to get richer. Even if you're not a business coach, why not adopt this? I think it's interesting. Sometimes I will coach some of my private clients who aren't business coaches. And I'm like, of course, people get more prosperous around you. Like they'll reflect back like a client that they are working with. That They're like, oh, yeah, like they just got a raise or, you know, they just found this new source of income or whatever. And it's like, of course, you're working on your prosperity. One of the things that I talked about, let's see, calibration. Some of you guys are in calibration. I said the proper use of the law of attraction is helping other people be what you want to be. Right. So if you're working on your own prosperity, the best way to do that is to help someone else be prosperous. And this is wealth consciousness. It's seeing people in their power, able to create whatever result they want. This takes a level of blinders on because the world does not think like this. Some people do. Sometimes it's good to branch out of our little coaching bubble and really see that other people do not think like this. Other people don't have the tools that you have. Other people don't think of possibilities being available. They see what's predictable. They see what everyone else is doing and they think this is it. And our job is to be the catalyst that there is another level. Even if you don't coach on money, the way that you are prosperous changes how people experience you and experience their own prosperity. Food for thought. So if we talk about wealth as flow, right, it goes in and out. It's this exchange. One of the concepts that I love, there's a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Shin. And she talks about this, like, if you're going to pray for rain, you've got to dig the ditch. got to make room because nature doesn't like vacuums. So when you create space, we want to fill it with something. And so if you're calling in more clients, put it in your calendar. I used to do this before I don't have space. When I want space, I create it in my calendar. I'm like, client call. What clients are going to go on what days? Boom, boom, boom. That's my ditch. I'm ready to catch you. What are you going to do with the money that you're calling in? That's something that we didn't really talk enough about. I think at the beginning, I asked you to set a goal for the amount of money you wanted to make this month. I think one of the things that might serve you is like writing out, what are you going to do with it? Where is it going? Because it's not just going to create a pool. I think savings and investments do pool up over time, but you also have expenses and investments that you want to make that'll further your expansion, right? And so when we give money a place to go, we really see this conduit like money comes in, money goes out, just like money came into your client's life and now it's coming to you. The question today that I posted in Slack was like, it's in their bank account. How could it come to you? They're stewarding it now. And I really love the word stewardship because I think about the dollars in my bank account, like how many other bank accounts were those dollars in before me, like recycled air, right? It comes in, it goes out. And trusting that the flow is always coming through me makes me wealth conscious. And so I think for all of you guys, it's going to feel different. I don't identify as someone who like, I don't think I'll ever buy a luxury handbag. It just doesn't really appeal to me at this point. <laughs> Maybe one day it just doesn't seem like it's a fit. 
I really love this shift of like looking in the mirror and seeing yourself as a wealthy woman, as a rainmaker, as someone who knows how to make money now. One of the things that blew my mind is a really great book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Cybernetics is like the thermostat idea, right? Where it's like, if my thermostat is 70 degrees, if I go hotter or colder, something will kick in to make me come back to 70 degrees. We all have that with wealth, right? We have this comfort zone, which is why I think we should always be stretching ourselves personally so that we don't stagnate. We want to be expressing that expansion. And so for a lot of us, that looks like investing in ourselves and our businesses, but it could just be trying to develop new skills. It could be traveling. It could be launching an offer that you've never offered before. I think just living on your edge helps you challenge some of your old paradigms and ways of being about yourself and about money as well. And so when you think about all of this together, right, like I think it's easy to listen to something like this and be like, this is great. And money's actually not coming in. Right? It's actually not happening for me as fast as I want it to. And what I love about this is that this is where like people think you're delusional, right? But what I loved about that phase of my business is it developed my faith muscle. Part of being wealth consciousness is trusting through the end until it happens. And so as you've been wavering, there's still four days, let's say the 31st, so like four more days. What are you going to do about it to hit your goal? For me, it's so easy to give up now. It's so easy to give up now. My logical brain kicks in. It's like, you know, you would need 10 clients at this rate or like it starts doing the math and being like, see, it's like impossible. And it just shows me when my logical brain does this, how weak my faith muscle is sometimes in business. And so I'm going to challenge you to look at when did you stop believing in your goal for this month? And this is your opportunity to reignite that spark and to commit to it. Faith is a return to that commitment no matter how crazy or illogical it seems, right? And this is what's interesting is people are like, well, so-and-so can do it because they're lucky or so-and-so did it because, you know, they have a bigger audience or whatever. I'm like, or they did it because they have a stronger belief than you. Sometimes like clients call me like a unicorn because the size of my audience and stuff sometimes doesn't line up with how much money I make. And I really think I attribute it to what I do in my mind. The stories I tell. Like, of course, that's going to come in this week. I believe that. Of course, people DM me from known and unknown. Like, I have these thoughts just flowing through my mind because that's how I want to experience my life. And I challenge you to really think about being wealthy or abundant or prosperous, not just when you get on Instagram to sell or talk about your offer, but when you're doing the dishes, when you're out on a walk, when you're going to bed, that feeling of abundance flowing through you is the magnet also enhances the quality of your life. Not only does it help you sell more abundantly and believe in people, it also makes the rest of your life better. That's the secret. I mean, results are awesome. Having money does what money can do, but the feeling you get, the expansion you feel, that's what people want. I just saw something. A woman I had a consult with back in November texted me yesterday and said she's ready to work with me. I love it. I totally forgot that we had a consult back in November. You just never know where and when money will show up. It is so true. And I think this is what I love about planting seeds in faith. You can have this element of like detachment or letting go. That's like such a perfect example, Ashley, where it's like you planted the seed in November and I know you. So you probably served her so well and you were so loving and so believing in her. And then you let go and you're like, just did your thing, launched this new offer, worked with different clients, spoke at places. And then she comes because you weren't thinking about her. You weren't obsessed. Not like obsessed is a bad thing, but like, you know what I mean? Like, when is she going to pay? When is she going to say she's ready? I think that that's where we get into trouble because when we say those things, it's evidence of our lack of belief. So I'm always catching myself if I'm wondering when someone's going to come or why it's not working. I know that my light is shining on fear. If I'm wondering when is it going to work? What I'm really saying is I don't believe it's working. 
And that's the problem. It's a consciousness problem. It's not what's happening in my business. Because if I really believed it was working, I would not say, why isn't it working? I would just know that it was. And this is hard. This is like one of those things that, okay, like I kind of get it. But until you really live it and embody it, it makes all the difference in the world. I don't have fluctuations on a day-to-day basis of it's working, it's not working, it's working, it's not working. I know it is. And that's the level of certainty that I think it makes you less crazy behind the scenes. (laughs) You're not like trying to process all this emotional garbage, right? You really can give and show up in service. If I'm fine, if I believe my business is working, I can just come as a vessel to serve, which is why we started a business in the first place. And so wealth consciousness, for me, it works both ways. It helps me feel better and it helps me make more money, but it also helps other people actually get served by me because I'm not worried about trying to meet my own needs in business. This is why I say we need nothing. I think wealth consciousness is recognizing that, that you have everything that you need. Now, if you can be on this Zoom room with me on a Monday, like you have everything that you need. This is about desire. This is about what you want. This is about leaving a legacy or an impact or helping other people. Because you want to. That's what you want to do with your life. When we forget that, when we try to make it about us or when we try to predict things happening or when we're in competition with the pie, right? We're like, oh my gosh, like look at her pie. We've missed the point. We forgot that it's really not about the comparison. In fact, one of my favorite lines from, there's a really beautiful book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, which I highly recommend. And he says, do not compete for what has already been created. We're just creators. When I compare, I only do it if I'm inspired by them or I'm their coach. (laughs) I'm like looking into their business and stuff. But I'm not looking at other people like, what are they doing? What could I do? Do people like her stuff better than mine? Like that doesn't really enter my thoughts because we're all winning. That is wealth consciousness. It's seeing how we're creating a new pie of wealth. And we get to be a part of that. That's why I love entrepreneurship, especially the online business space, because that truly is available. One of the other thoughts that I think contributes to like wealth consciousness more on the sales side is buyers are buyers. This thought has served me really well, especially in the beginning when I kind of like had more of the relationship based selling where it was like one on one. And so I would know like I had a console with someone and then I'm kind of like hoping they buy, but then they sign with another coach. That experience taught me so much because I believe buyers are buyers. So it's not like if one person signs with your competition, they can't join your program or they can't sign with you next year. It's not a competition. We're all just creating. And so that thought for me has helped me. Like, Of course, my clients also invest in other programs. If I were to ask you guys to raise your hand, are you in other programs right now? Probably yes. Or at least courses or one-on-one coaching or something, right? And if I didn't have that belief that buyers are buyers and that's a good thing, I might block my ability to sell to people who are in other programs. And so I like thinking about that a lot, that my clients are just investing in themselves. Like, of course they are. That's the kind of person that they are. And so I think when we change what's going on inside, we start to see that come true. And so you might spend time, you know, after we're finishing up this program and really like integrating this, like I said, I hope you keep making it rain. I don't think it's something that you just do in March. I love the idea that you adopt this as just a way of thinking and being as an entrepreneur. Buyers are buyers. Your clients want to pay you. They're right there. Why not think that? I think for me also, just thinking about you guys and like how I can serve you, it really is seeing the first thing I said, which is like, it is good for you to make more money. I think we're taught that, or at least modeled that that's not always the case. We see in the news and just stories that like people with money can be dangerous or self-serving. People with money make mistakes publicly. People with money don't care about the little guy, that the story, 
I hope you don't subscribe to those things. Because if we identify people who have what we want as bad and you identify as a good person, you're never going to create that. I also think one of the stories, I was actually just talking to my dad about this because he said something. He's like, you know, people get lucky. I mean, people do not get lucky. Why would you believe that? Because then it puts it totally outside of your hands. Whether or not it's true, that's what's interesting, right? What story do you want to tell yourself about your ability to make money? Do you really want to believe that people get lucky where it's outside of your control? Or do you want to believe there's laws and processes and principles that work for everyone? I'm like, sign me up for that. Then just teach me the laws and principles, right? Which is what I've been doing this month with you. I think when you put this all together, one, you become unshakable. You also become the word that can be is like a servant leader. <laughs> you're there to lead. You're there to serve. And yes, money comes as a byproduct of who you're being in the world. You're not trying to finagle your way to get a sale. You're like, I know who I am. I know I have a lot of value to offer. And of course, we're going to exchange money. People who pay, pay attention. Transformations come from people's commitment. People like committing with money. I know I do. Well, it's like an energetic representation of my commitment. In fact, there's been a few investments in my life that have changed me to the core because I invested in a way that was expansive to my identity. For those of you who enrolled in the revamp, that's what we're going to talk about today is like identity. So it's kind of on my mind because I saw myself different. I used to think of myself as like I was going to be this like therapist and kind of just work part time and make decent money and be happy. And there was a story that like, if I do important service-focused work, you have to make less money. And we have a lot of evidence. And I think this is where coaches get kind of caught up. And this is why we have to do this kind of work, this consciousness work. When you think about a teacher, like I'm so grateful for them, but teachers are known to be underpaid. Social work, same thing. Why? It's because we have this belief that you can't get paid really well for service. And I think that's one of the beautiful parts of the coaching industry. It's like shattering that belief that people's lives change and you can make a lot of money in a way that feels good, in a way that's about service, in a way that's about we all get better. It's not just one person getting better. It's not like this coach that, you know, rises above and everyone's like creating her pie and no one wins. Everyone can win. And I think that that's like a shift in consciousness that I hope to see in the world, that we don't need to compete, that we can all be creators in our own way. To me, that is wealth consciousness. I also think to teach this stuff it helps you understand it better. So one of the challenges that I'm going to give you is to teach some of these concepts, whether it's for me or the books that I refer to or the, your own personal studies, but to teach someone how to have a wealth consciousness. It can be intimidating in the beginning. Maybe bring up a money story on your call and you're like, hey, you want some coaching about that? <laughs> because I think what it makes you do is to internalize it in a way that makes sense to your own brain. I think one of the mistakes that I made early on was that I could like regurgitate a lot. Right? You guys know I read a lot of books. But until I really like tried it on for me and did the work that was like, how would I say that? What stories would I tell about this? How has this played out in my life? That's when things started moving. That's when I started to blow my own mind and to create things that I used to think were impossible is when I learned how to say it and not even just say it, really like adopt it as a way of being. And so that's my next challenge for you is to like, how could you empower someone else to make it rain? What would that be like to help someone else be super prosperous? Who's coming to mind now? Maybe someone is coming to mind now. I might feel uncomfortable, but I think this is how we grow. This is how we really learn to embody what we're teaching. And I think that that word is really key. It's not just knowing it cerebrally. In fact, I bet a lot of you guys know a lot of this stuff, right? You could teach it. You know the concepts, but are you living it? I think that that's part of integrity, right? Like if my clients were to observe me on a day-to-day -day basis, would they see I am prosperous in my life, not just because of the amount of money, but because of how I live, how I act? Would they think that I'm free? 
Am I living that way day to day while I'm doing dishes? When I wake up in the morning, not just on a wealth consciousness call. And I think that that's the word integrated really means something to me because you could input so much stuff. You could listen to all the podcasts and read all the money books and nothing will change. And we see this. It's because it hasn't been embodied. And so I want you to take this to the next step, which is like, how can you embody this work? And that has to do with the way you experience and feel in your life, right? The thoughts that you work on believing until it is just how you see the world. And I shared a few of my ideas in the beginning, which is like visualization. One of the visualizations I do is like when I open my garage, I imagine the car that I want to see in my garage. When I check my Instagram, I imagine the number of followers I want to see. I'm always doing these micro visualizations because they're very powerful. Spending time knowing what you want, actually asking yourself what you want. And then can you see yourself in that picture? Can you actually see it? This is where the disconnect is. It's like, oh, yeah, I want more money. But can you see yourself with more money? Can you actually see it? What would you do with it? How would you feel about it? Can you put yourself in that scenario? Because I think that's the bridging the gap. That's cybernetics, right? We want to elevate our identity with money. Well, with consciousness, that means we need to put ourselves almost like rehearse it more and more. Most of us rehearse what we don't want. That sounds like I'm worried. I don't know if clients are going to come this year. And this is developing that belief and that impeccability with our word that when we say more clients are going to come, we know they will. That trust. And this is hard because it's like, but how do you know they're going to come? By doing this work, by picturing it, by making offers every day, by sharing value, by learning how to write better copy developing your skills, seeing yourself as someone that they want to work with, getting training, getting support, getting mentorship, challenging your limiting beliefs, reading the money books, yes, and then trying on that identity and living as if. Neville Goddard says, as the wish fulfilled, putting yourself in that zone. If it was already done, how would I think about this? If you already had the clients, how would you feel today? And practicing that until it becomes more natural. And in the beginning, I think Sarah said, like, the edge is uncomfortable and exciting. Like, that's how you know you're, like, right in the edge because you're playing with what's predictable and safe. If you play in what's predictable and safe, you'll probably recreate what you've always created. And you want to create something new. So there has to be this new feeling, this new way of experiencing and being in your life. And so one of the next things that I want to share before we end today is, like, I believe in miracles. I do. I believe in clients coming out of nowhere. I don't even believe out of nowhere in a way that you couldn't predict. Why not believe that? Why not believe that everything's working, including things that you don't know about? People could refer you. People could stumble upon your website, which has happened. I know it's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to some of you, that people want to collaborate or that this idea just struck you out of nowhere. Why not believe that those kinds of things happen every day? One of the things that I noticed when that idea first hit me, like be in the miracle and believe in miracles, I was like, yeah, I don't have a lot of evidence, right? Like that doesn't happen. I'm like, wait, does it not happen because I don't believe it? And then I was like, what? It was like one of those like paradigm shift moments where I was like, what if miracles like that aren't happening because I haven't had them in my consciousness? I haven't been thinking that. What if I started to think that? What would be possible? And one of the things that I want to offer is it's not this instant because we live in the physical reality. When we change our consciousness, the whole universe shifts with us. And so it does take some time because we live in a physical world where time is an element that we play by. <laughs> and so I think that's why faith is so important. It's like, who are you going to be? What kind of faith are you willing to commit to as the rearranging is happening? What story are you telling? Are you telling the story of it's not working, that no one wants what you have, that creating clients is hard? 
Are you telling the story that things are easy, that clients are always coming, that money's always flowing in and out, that you can trust money, that you're a rainmaker? Both could be true. Which one do you want to speak? Which one do you want to practice? Which one do you want to give your energy to? Because when I think about the word inspired, right, in spirit, when I think about faith, it means I'm doing things in the spirit of it being done. That means I'm believing, right? It's not just like, well, my coach told me to post every day on social media, so I'm going to do it. It's like really being like, this post could impact someone's life today. They might be my dreamiest client I've ever worked with. And I don't know. I'm going to put it out in that energy. It's hard to explain. It's like people have vibes, you know, you can just like tell if you really like slow down and experience someone. And this is how we become that magnet for people who want to reach out to us. What kind of coach would you have to be for clients to text you or DM you and saying, do you have availability for me to work with you? What beliefs would you have to have? Why not believe that people do that? Why not believe that people want to reach out to you to work? What would change about your way of being? Would you believe that you're in demand? Would you believe that people love your content and love your work? Would you believe that people can totally pay for my stuff? No problem. They want to. They're excited to. They're expanded by the investment. They love it. They're like, woo, okay, how fun. Why not believe that? And if some of these things like don't feel true right now, that's okay. Like I know for me, none of this stuff felt true in the beginning. I think most of you guys are at least warmed up to these ideas, but I would ask about the level of embodiment, right? How often are you actually living and breathing this stuff? Because faith as a concept isn't as powerful as faith embodied. And it's a choice. So I was actually just coaching one of my private clients last week who has a really big goal this month. And it's awesome. Really, really big goal. Biggest month she's ever gone for. And she's like, it's just not working. She boxed me. It's just not working. Like, I have no idea. I'm like, this is the moment. This is the moment where most people default to what's always been true for them. Most people, it seems very logical to let go of the goal to say, you know, it's just too hard this month or like, you know, maybe next month. But we have four days left in the month of March. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that your thoughts create your results? Now is the time to embody that and to actually live it. And it feels vulnerable. This is the thing that I think shook me the most is it feels very vulnerable to believe without evidence. Because what if I'm crazy? What if I'm wrong? And what that is, is it's like the untrained mind. You're spinning out in fear instead of faith. You're speaking into existence the story of it not working out. It seems logical. It seems like you're reporting the news, but you're not. You're creating. And this is why I love the book, The Four Agreements. He talks about being impeccable with your word, because the moment I say, what if it doesn't work? I'm speaking that. I'm creating that. You can shift it in a moment, but that's not what I'm creating. I'm creating that I believe in miracles, that people can come in abundance in the next four days, that people want what I have to offer. And it's my invitation in these next four days, this powerful invitation in spirit, inspired to make these things happen. That's how we create things that we've never created before. I don't want to like be like that motivational speaker because I don't believe in like motivation, but I do believe in inspiration. And all of you guys hopefully are tuning into that little voice that tells you what to do that maybe you're going to try something you've never tried before this week. I hope you recommit to your goal, no matter how crazy it seems. Why not you? Why not you in the next four days? So my hope is that you recommit to whatever goal you decided on in the beginning of the month. Why not you? Why not create something you've never created before? What is required of you to create that, right? Because there's the in spirit and then there's like the mechanical masculine action that we have to take in the form of selling, writing the email with the lead. Putting a post and a call to action on your social media, DMing that person that was on a console last November. Actually, I love it. 
because there's this thin line between people who are successful. And I promise this is that line coming back to your commitment, coming back to faith when it doesn't make logical sense. Most people give up because they use their logical mind and be like, it's not going to work. And so it is. Why not speak a new story? And I think that's the invitation today is like speak the story that you want to see happen because that's where the fire is. That is where the magic happens. What happens when you return to faith? What are you believing in? Are you believing in what you want? Are you believing in what you don't want? Because you get that. I would say things like, oh, it's okay. In the name of being Zen and that peace, it's okay if I sacrifice my goal. And I did that for a long time. And then one day I saw it. It was like so obvious to me. It was like, that is fear disguised as being chill. My chillness is disguising my fear of things not working out because I'm giving faith to things not working out instead of faith to things working out. And this is like that mental shift that is always available. When I'm feeling nervous or worried, if I find myself doing this number on my phone, like, did someone send an email? Did someone sign up? Refresh, refresh. I'm in fear. I'm worried it's not working out. It's like, oh my gosh, if I really believed it was going to work out, like everything is working out for me, clients are coming, I did what I know to do, I would go have a kitchen dance party with my kids. I would turn off my phone and watch a show with my husband at night, right? That is a symptom of my faith. I wouldn't be obsessive worried. And for me, that was the biggest shift. So every moment you have that ability to tune in. Am I giving faith to it not working out? Or am I giving faith and fueling the faith that it is working out? That's the secret. Moment to moment, I'm tuned into my body. What is my body telling me? Am I feeling constricted? Because if I'm feeling constricted, I'm afraid. Maybe not like terror, but I'm worried, which is fear. If I give up my goal on March 27, if I let it go, I'm giving into fear. I'm worried. What is it going to be like if I believe for the final four days and nothing works out? I don't hit it. What does that mean about me? And then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy over and over and over again. We have to believe through the 12th hour. It is delusional, but some of you guys have delusional goals compared to what the world says you should have. So it takes a different level of consciousness to create it. And that's what I'm interested in helping all of you guys do is the things that like people like, how did you do it? You're, I don't know. I didn't know how until it was done. That's the kind of stuff that we live for. In fact, I think if you've never created a result before, you aren't going to know how you're going to do it. Just that it can be so. And then you're giving that faith to that story. To me, this is with consciousness. I've never been screwed by this. It's never let me down because I've either gotten the result that I wanted or the lesson that got me the result, period, because I just didn't stop, right? I committed to my expansion a long time ago. This is like a lifelong, some of you guys probably relate to that. Like, this is like a lifelong career for me. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I will figure it out. That's how committed I am. So when things don't happen on my timeline, I surrender my timeline. When people don't hire me that I kind of hoped would hire me, I surrender that client. They were my client. But that doesn't mean I surrender my goal, my vision. I like the word vision better than goal. Feels better to me because I have faith in the vision. I don't know how. I don't. And for most of you, you guys don't know how. And that's not permission to not believe that it's not working. I think that that's an old paradigm that you have to know exactly how. I'm going to go to college for four years and then I'm going to go become a doctor and then I'm going to open my practice. Predictable path. You get into the entrepreneurship world and it's like anything is possible. What do you want to do? Including things that the world can't understand including amounts of money that the world can't understand, which many of you chose those kinds of goals. And so this is the chance for you to refuel that fire, to tap back in to possibility, even in four days. Why not? And if your brain is telling you you're crazy, that's just good awareness. It's good to see that. Like, oh, interesting. I have a story that I can't hit my goal in four days. I have a story that it takes a lot of time. 
Of course, it's going to take a lot of time. Our stories, our privilege journey results, we create self-fulfilling prophecies all the time. Why not create a new self-fulfilling prophecy? It starts with our level of consciousness. So this is fire. I just increased my goal. That's so fun. I'm so excited. Dig your ditches. I want you to make a little list of how are you going to use this big money that you decided to make this month? How would you use it? What kinds of uncomfortable action are you avoiding because you're afraid? What kinds of feelings are you ready to tap into? That expansiveness, it's not always comfortable. Just because things can be full of flow and ease does not mean that it's easy breezy. It can be natural, but there's some times where it's like, I need to do something really uncomfortable. Like, Bonnie, I just want to call you out. Good job. Like making the offer. I bet that was super uncomfortable for you. That's the kind of stuff that's going to get you to where you want to go over and over and over again. And then when making offers becomes natural, then it'll be something else. And it'll be raising your prices or launching a group or whatever, because expansion feels good. And expansion isn't staying the same. It means that we are iterating all the time. I just want to take a second because I'm going to jump off a little bit early. Some of you all see on the revamp, but I want to tell you what's coming because it's going to be so fun. We're going to go into quantum play. Quantum play changed my life. It is about applied faith. So this was like the segue of wealth consciousness and believing in possibilities and really having faith before you see the evidence. So get excited because it's going to be so fun. I'll be releasing the schedule because we're going to have a few calls beyond our normal Monday call because there's so much content for quantum play. So get excited. And I gave you the challenge. Go dig your ditches. How are we going to use the money? Right. We use money. We love people. How are you going to use the money after you make it? Why not believe in miracles these next four days? Why not you? Why not ultimately this week? That's something to ask yourself, right? Because it shows you what you're believing. It shows you what you're giving faith to. And you can change that at any time. And that's my invitation to you today. Okay, guys, I'll see you around in the matrix. Look for the email about the quantum play schedule. And then some of you all see in the readout. Okay, bye.